0: hello everyone and welcome to the 23rd ever episode of the movie hunters podcast today we talk about 310 niyuma the dragon prince season one and two and we do a second ever movie swap i'm one of your hosts jason hunter alongside your other host noah hunter and it's time to go movie hunting Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Movie Hunters Podcast, a podcast where two movie-loving brothers get together and talk about movies, TV, all things cinema. Today, we are doing our second-ever movie swap. We'll save those movies, although that's probably in the title, so you probably already know what they're going to be for that topic, but that is our main topic. We decided to bring that back because it was a lot of fun the first time. Um, and we got all kinds of stuff to talk about. How's it going, Noah? It's going pretty good.
1: Jason, how's it going? I'm doing okay. <laughs> not, not just okay?
0: Uh, yeah, I'm doing fine. You didn't want to elaborate or... <laughs> on how okay I'm doing? Yeah. Why are you just okay and not great? Uh, because I just got off of work and it was exhausting. You hate your job? <laughs> what <laughs> is wrong with you? you... <laughs> no. Um, You're
1: really saying that because you got coworkers <laughs> listening to this. Shut
0: up. I'm cutting this all out.
1: Well, with that being said... I'd after, rather be podcasting after, full-time for you guys, after, but you know. After you've just been exposed how you hate your job, and you want to quit and do this full-time... I'm
0: going to destroy you. <laughs> let's go to the box office. Okay, whatever.
1: Uh, so, we, are, as always, we will cover the top five. And at number five this weekend was The Secret Life of Pets two raking in uh 10.2 million on that and it's just finishing up its third weekend um coming in number four is men in black international at 10.7 million in its second weekend uh number three aladdin's still going pretty strong at 13.3 million in its fifth week
0: mm.
1: number two the child's play the new chucky e. adaptation at 14 million in its first week and number one Toy Story 4 at 120.9 million um opening this weekend. That uh that opening number for Toy Story is the largest opening that the franchise has had. Does that surprise you?
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: why does that surprise you
0: because it's the fourth one and it seems unnecessary but supposedly it's getting really good reviews yeah we'll have to see it in order to determine kind of I don't know it's <laughs> placement well, in the overall list of top movies for the year
1: yeah are you surprised Aladdin still raking yeah. in the numbers it's raking holy in
0: holy cow imagine when Lion King comes out of it'll yeah. fall fall yeah. off but.
1: I mean, the big box office story we got, um, Avengers Endgame, it's sitting at 13th place, raked in just under $2 million, Uh this last weekend. But the news coming from that is that it finally surpassed Avatar's original release. Not the record. Doesn't have the record, as Jason thought earlier this week when he tried to flame me. But... um Avengers game has crossed Avatar's uh, r- um, initial release. Avatar was re-released as well as um we talked about this last week. Endgame will be re-released. Uh <laughs> do you think do you think that with this re-release it will pass Avatar? Because from what we've gotten, it's going to be pretty much a lot of just post credits scenes that they're going to that they're going to put in. Um, maybe a little bit of deleted footage. I heard rumors about with uh, Tony and his daughter in the Soul World. So not much. Do you think that that will be enough to bring audiences out? I mean, n Endgame is still behind about forty million, just under forty million, from having that record.
0: It's gonna get it all this weekend. Oh really? No. I think it'll it'll boost the numbers, especially because it's before Spider-Man coming out. Mm-hmm. Which is smart by them, but yeah. I, I'm, I mean, I'm I'm probably not going to go see it again. Yeah. What about you?
1: I want to see it again. I don't know how realistic it will be. I'll probably just go see Spider-Man when it comes out. Mm. But, I think it is smart that they're re-releasing it close to Spider-Man. I thought it was going to get, probably a, even without the re-release, it was going to get a push because of Spider-Man. Right. So I think it will. It will... Pass it eventually. Um, I will retract my other statement. So we flip flopped. And saying that, oh, you don't think it'll
0: pass? It'll,
1: it's only oh. like got thirty million.
0: You just said forty.
1: Just under forty, like thirty-eight.
0: Oh. Well then, yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it'll be a very close race. I sure. think. I think it will be within ten. Okay. Um, you seem tired of talking about that game.
0: Well. It doesn't seem to ever not be a talking point.
1: Well, I guess we've just had a slow news two months.
0: I guess. We've talked about it so much after the fact that it makes me resent it, and my score has dropped to a uh, Franklin, my dear, I don't give a Dean.
1: That's false.
0: Hi, I don't give a Dean.
1: Well, uh, with that being said, let's as I said, it was a slow news week. Uh, this week was no exception. So our first story is uh, Disney Plus, the new streaming service launching later this year, has um, kind of showed its hand, and they have hired Netflix's director of original film, Matt Broadley. I believe that's how you pronounce his name. Um, that's a big loss for Netflix. He was he was uh, responsible for getting a bunch of a bunch of original content um netflix's way the past couple years you think it's a good move for disney plus how do you think it affects netflix or on it i don't, think it, I, I don't
0: it? think it affects netflix at all It just the only thing it does is that it gives disney someone experienced who can bring in a, lot, a large volume of projects but i mean uh, Netflix has been quantity over quality, and there's just a gluttony of movies and television shows out there, and most of them aren't worth your time. It's like, there's only a select few, and you could probably count them on two hands that are actually, you know, good, really good films, and the rest of them are just there. Like, he brought in all the Adam Sandler, and everybody has their own movies, Ricky Gervais and Kevin, uh... His name? Paul Blart. Kevin Kevin James. Kevin James. Yeah, so it's like there's some good stuff and then there's a lot of bad stuff and mediocre stuff and but it's a lot of it, so that might be what Disney's going for.
1: Mhm. So you think Disney's gonna be taking a more quality over or quantity over quality approach too, or?
0: Well, all they've got is their own library right now, yeah. so they have to kind of bulk it up to make it worth people so paying. Disney Plus right
1: now isn't even quantity. It's just quantity, but no quality.
0: <laughs> right now in Disney?
1: You think that's, I mean...
0: I mean, all they have right now is their own yeah. properties. So, like, if they want to bulk up and make it a competitor to Netflix, then they got to start bringing in a lot of... Cause they're not gonna go to like Warner Brothers or NBC Universal and say bring your content to Disney. They're all they're gonna do have is Disney content because they want to be a monopoly. Which Netflix has been going that way anyway. They've been Mm -hmm. getting uh, rid of a lot of the non-Netflix original content, and it's mostly when you go on Netflix now, it's mostly Mm -hmm. original content. And there's just, but they the, the the way they keep you subscribed is putting so much of it out there that there is at least something for everybody. So you may have like your five shows, but like those five shows are indispensable and you watch them all the time. So,
1: so do you think that with Disney plus opening up and then I know NBC has a streaming service coming out, all these other, all these other companies are doing this, you think this will drive more quality up from Netflix? You think it'll raise a bar? Because with competition, people say competition inspires uh, more creat- creativity and more quality. Do you think that will be the case? Or do you think we'll just get bulk and bulk and still probably Yeah, it's just going to be
0: more and more segmented. It's going to be people will put create original content and then people will be like, well, why am I... Why am I letting Netflix make money off my properties when I can be doing it myself? Because nobody wants to subscribe to your platform NBC. I'm not going to subscribe just so I can watch The Office. Mm-hmm. I'll go buy The Office on Blu-ray. Oh. It's getting ridiculous. Everybody's got to have their own freaking streaming service and it's people miss the whole point beyond what streaming services were to begin with. Like there was on demand before Streaming services like Netflix existed, and guess what? That was garbage. Nobody liked on demand. Like, it was just an add on for you people that had satellite and cable. The point of streaming services was that you could disconnect and you can have this content that was all located in one place and the convenience of it. I don't want to have 10 streaming services that I'm paying for. I'm already paying for too many streaming services as it is. It's ridiculous.
1: So, you, you think 10 years down the road, well. They'll start to shut down because people won't...
0: I don't think it'll be 10 years. I think in a few years some of these companies are going to... Maybe you'll have certain companies teaming up or some will realize that they couldn't... They didn't have enough qual, uh, content to be able to do their own streaming service.
1: Yeah, I think... Yeah, I think we're going to have a couple years where all these companies are trying to trying to do stuff and people aren't just going to shell out the money to watch the few shows that they have on specific networks and it's going to start, we're going to start seeing a lot more of the deals that we've seen in the past with Netflix and different companies and where it's going to start to be put on I don't even know if it's Netflix or Hulu, but one specific streaming service will start to get more companies rather than separate streaming services.
0: The thing these companies don't realize is that they need netflix netflix doesn't need them netflix it has a massive market share and all these people saying disney plus is going to take a chunk out and this company is going to take out a chunk no it's not people are just going to if they want to subscribe they'll subscribe to that also Mm -hmm. but they're not going to subscribe to five services Mm
1: -hmm.
0: so like netflix is always going to be there and if you're a company a content company you can always make money by having your product on Netflix whereas you're footing the bill yourself to create a streaming service that people that there's no demand for just because your show is watched on Netflix doesn't mean that's going to translate to them coming to your service to watch that show
1: mm-hmm. yeah it's uh, these, these companies are getting out of hand just mm-hmm. put, just start making deals with Netflix and Hulu and put your product on there, people will watch it they'll watch it there they're not like you said, they're not going to go out and just because they watch the office on netflix doesn't mean they're gonna go pay 10 bucks a month or however much nbc is gonna yeah. price their service just to watch the office or parks and rec
0: i saw this thing online today where somebody was like uh it was the news story and this was on reddit where the news story was about how nbc's pulling the office in 2021 mm-hmm. for their own streaming service and somebody commented uh, well, Netflix has lost my subscription, and I'm like, if you're only subscribed to watch The Office, you're wasting a lot of yeah, money. Just go buy The Office. Just go the buy office. The Office.
1: There's no point in it. <laughs> if you... I mean, in Netflix, the price is going up. What is it, like, 10, 12 a month
0: now? I don't know, because I have the higher tier, the 4K yeah. tier, so I don't know what the regular tier is. But
1: I mean, you're paying all that a month just to watch one show? Right. It's ridiculous. I mean, so... Anyways, moving on to the next story, uh, another Netflix story. Uh, but George Clooney, who recently had his—I um, forget the name of the show—but he had a show released on Hulu that was kind of a uh, um, took place in a military setting. But he—it has just been announced that he will be—he is to direct and star in a post-apocalyptic elliptic Netflix movie adapted. From the acclaimed novel Good Morning Midnight. Now I've read not read this novel, have you? Nope. Nope. And uh I mean we just talked about how Dis how Netflix lost its director, of original film, and the next two stories are actually releases um that Netflix has announced since that happened. And I mean, by the looks of it, Netflix, like you said, is not hurting. Um, they're still they're still getting big names, and in the next story you'll you'll see how how big names are getting. But what do you think of this acquisition by by Netflix to bring back George George Clooney for a movie?
0: I don't care about George Clooney.
1: I <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I have no thoughts on George Clooney. I don't care about watching him act in anything. I don't care about watching him direct anything. George Clooney has made a couple good projects, and the rest of them are garbage. You don't
1: like George Clooney? You think he's overrated?
0: Um, I don't know that I'm overrating him. Who's rating him that high? I mean, he, a used, lot to be, of... he used to be a sought-after actor, but like his projects lately, have not like his di- work directing has not been uh, acclaimed, has it? No. Yeah. So what? Uh, what do I care? It's a post-apocalyptic movie. Oh, original. <laughs> I don't care. Seems like Netflix loves doing these like Most, weird yeah. post-apocalyptic movies with that, like a twist.
1: That one with Anthony Mackie, that like Io or something like that. I don't. Just know. recently. I can't keep
0: track of them. It's,
1: it's, it's <laughs> it's too many. That wasn't good. Did um, you watch it? Yeah. It wasn't. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh.
0: I don't even know what it's about.
1: I um, couldn't tell you.
0: Yeah, don't tell me. I don't care.
1: But, um man, I thought you'd uh respond a bit. To George Clooney? A bit nicer.
0: You know I don't like George Clooney.
1: I did not know that.
0: What? I hate Monument Men. It's like one of my least favorite movies ever. Ever? Yes, Monument I Men? I
1: obviously don't remember that movie. Yeah,
0: because it's bad.
1: I was a wee lad when it came
0: out. You Christmas were not time. a wee lad when that movie came it out. It came out like what?
1: A 2010?
0: few years ago, ten? No, it wasn't that long ago. Twelve. Anyway, I don't want to talk about my movie. <laughs> well,
1: anyways, if, I mean, if, and, and you obviously don't want to talk about George Clooney. Yeah, I
0: don't care about George Clooney. I don't care about this movie.
1: <laughs> well, um, well, there you guys go. Uh, <laughs> George Clooney will be directing and starring in a post-apocalyptic Netflix movie after the acclaimed novel *Good Morning Midnight*. If you if you read the novel. Then you might be excited about it. <laughs> or if you like George Clooney, stick it to Jason and comment below. <laughs>
0: yeah, if you if you wanna stick it to me, make sure to subscribe. <laughs> shameless, That'll shameless for every <laughs> for every subscription. Uh that's a for every subscription this week I'll know how many people like George Clooney. Okay, next story.
1: Next story. Well, the Hollywood reporter uh recently well, what Go are you talking going. about? Recently confirmed that Ryan Murphy is uh just uh got the project that Netflix is that Netflix has announced. It's a film adaptation of the Broadway musical prom. Uh have you heard anything about that? No. No, I haven't. I haven't either. But the reason this is. Well you obviously so because you The re let me get there. Okay, okay. The reason this is making news is because The names that have been attached to it Um, These names include Meryl Streep, Nicole Kidman, James Corden Aquafina, Keegan-Michael Key I mean
0: You started out so strong James Corden and (coughs) Aquafina, Keegan-Michael Key Will be in anything Meryl Streep, oh cool, Meryl Streep Although Meryl Streep is in a lot of stuff too
1: So Nicole Kidman's the only one I don't care
0: about Nicole Kidman when has she made a good movie? When was the last time she made a good movie?
1: Oh my gosh! I literally just listed off this whole star-studded cast. You knocked down every single one of them. What's your
0: problem? I guess I'm just in a grumpy mood today. I just, I'm, I'm just giving you my opinion. I don't so, like so James Corden. I don't like Aquafina.
1: None of these names in this in this ensemble, or even this ensemble collectively, Meryl Streep. get you excited.
0: Meryl Streep. <laughs> but Meryl Streep by herself Isn't enough to Get me interested in this It's a good cast And it's a good cast for Netflix But I, I mean, mean it's a good cast Of known names It's not necessarily A cast of people That I enjoy
1: Well Netflix also said That they're gonna make An Oscar push with this Oh
0: Cause it's got Streep in it Yep That's why
1: <laughs> And James Corden Will get nominated For best actor
0: No he will not <laughs> James Corden is a plague. Why don't
1: you like James Corden? He's funny.
0: Dang, I just, I don't think he is funny. I think he's annoying. Golly, man, we I'm disagree. This, yeah, I'm going off this week. <laughs> wow, I'm alienating myself. All
1: right, again, bass Jason in the comments. <laughs>
0: well, I'm just not. I'm just not a fan of James. Uh, like, think, and uh, he's a personality. He's a television personality. Yeah. He has a, a mm-hmm. show. It's not a show that I particularly care for. Mm-hmm. What are some of the movies that he's been good in? I can think of one movie that I know he's been in, and I don't like it. I don't like Oceans. his performance. Was it?
1: Oceans He 8. was in the
0: new Oceans. Yep. I didn't see that. I'm thinking of, uh, I can't even remember the name of it. It's a movie that came out a couple years ago. where it, had, it was a musical where it had all these like singing fairy tales.
1: Once Upon a Time. Yeah. Or no. Is that what it's called? I don't I know. know. Once Upon a Time is that TV yeah, show. Yeah, it's a TV show.
0: I don't remember what it's called, but I did not like him in it. No, Nomeo and Julia or something? No. No? This was like a live action thing. It uh, had a bunch of people in it, and there was like a bunch of different... I know things. exactly. I just don't know. Yeah, let's just move on. But
1: anyways, well, yeah. since uh, we skipped past those two stories, I got one more for you that you uh, will probably yeah. still bash. Probably. But uh, Dark Phoenix... <laughs> is um about to lose about half of its theater presence. Um the latest X-Men film uh is doing awfully critically and commercially. The reception has been terrible. It's had the worst opening um numerically about of with any X-Men movie, and it currently has the lowest rotten Tomatoes score in the series at twenty three percent. Um I mean I get that it's losing. Uh, a bunch of theaters But I don't understand How I mean What is this in it's third week Just finished it's third week mm-hmm. Second or third week
0: People are already done with it man They checked out
1: I know but that People just seems smart. like it's really quick
0: Eh Okay was, This movie had bad word of mouth Before the first trailer even came out Yeah It was bad word of mouth Nobody's excited about it Everybody and knows it's going to, to the MCU
1: I mean, yeah, I think, I think it's in March, back when the deal went through, I think everyone...
0: It's a story that people, that they've already done. Yeah. Like, they're retreading around, like, all these factors contribute to the fact that people don't, people don't care about this movie. I didn't care about this movie.
1: Yeah, well, there's, uh, there's four quick stories for you guys. (laughs) How much you get for a day's work? Two dollars. Want to hire out? Well, there's two dollars for half a day.
0: You took up my boys' time, too. You're right. I did.
1: Anything else you want to get paid for, Dan? You can give me five dollars extra. And what's that for? making me nervous. So, Noah. So,
0: Noah. So, Noah. Yes? What have you been watching?
1: I have been watching, um, most recently.
0: No and Juliet.
1: No Mio and Juliet.
0: hmm
1: Um, this one stars James Corden. <laughs> 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 well, but for real, I've been watching the Christian Bale and uh Russell Crowe starred a uh, Western Masterpiece as some call.
0: <laughs> masterpiece, dang.
1: Uh 310 To Yuma, um, coming out in two thousand seven. If you don't know the story, quick synopsis. Basically, it's a a family man, Christian Bale, who own who lives on a ranch is getting taken away. Um and he runs into this this big outlaw. Um, Russell Crowe and he ultimately gets him caught and to keep his ranch he agrees to help them transport this outlaw to the next city or the next couple cities down to get on the prison train Mm -hmm. what's called the 310 Yuma Um, and I mean this movie was so good I mean for a western, I don't particularly love westerns uh, um i but this movie it it didn't feel as formulaic as I feel westerns typically are um, so this this, this movie is a very enjoyable experience I mean the performances alone is you should watch this movie for um Ben Foster's also in this, and I think um, he's also in H- hell or high water I think that's that's the name of the film he's in
0: it's a tv show isn't it
1: uh uh uh-uh. i don't know I'm pretty sure that's a movie okay, right. anyway he's in that or if i'm getting the name wrong he's in some other western film that he's really <laughs> he's, good in he's
0: in a, he's in a different western
1: <laughs> but i think ben foster is one of the most underrated actors um currently he, he did a move It did a little an indie title last year that actually got an oscar nomination um he didn't get an oscar nomination the movie did but i think he's really undervalued, and he pulls up he pulls off an amazing amazingly creepy and insane performance um i think he's my favorite performance of the movie christian bale and russell crowe are great as well also christian bale his character has has a family so he has he has a son that um he wants to come along with dad uh because he, he's growing up and, and he wants to do things for himself and prove himself to his dad. His dad doesn't let him come, so the the kid stinks out and ultimately tags along. He has a really cool moment where he saves saves them from a certain situation. I don't want to get so spoilery, but that, I, I don't know the actor's name, but he, as, as a kid actor, he was very, very good. in in, in that role, um, this this movie just takes you on kind of like a, a I mean, it's good versus evil, but it presents it in such a way where it's it tugs you back and forth, or you don't necessarily know which one is which, um, and it it takes the line between good and evil and and basically erases it, and and I mean, you can flip flop sides on who's in the right and and who's in the wrong um it handles its action very well and and the music in it is some some of the best music I've heard in a western Mm um hands down I could listen to the soundtrack I have listened to the soundtrack alone one time when I was studying a couple weeks ago that's what made me come back to this movie Mm -hmm. uh but all in all I you should definitely watch it if not I mean even if you don't like westerns just to see Ben Foster Russell Crowe and uh, Christian Bale—the chemistry that they have on screen is outstanding, um, and the ending is 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 great too. It's honestly, if I mean, if I had to give a score, I'm hesitant to give it a five. I know I said it was a masterpiece, but um at times I did feel like the pacing was a little bit too slow. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean the action scenes feel very well edited, but there there's there's times when, when it starts to settle down and the dialogue gets a little too dragged out and some of the conversations are having. Um uh, and that's why I hesitate to give it a five. So I definitely give it a high, uh, Vincent We Happy.
0: We happy. Jason. What?
1: What you been watching?
0: I've been watching the Netflix original series, The Dragon Prince. The first two seasons are currently on Netflix right now. Uh, A co-worker actually introduced me to this show because I like these creators' other show, which was The Avatar, The Last Airbender. I'm not so big a fan of Avatar, The Legend of Korra, but I I really love that original series. It was like three or four seasons. Um... Uh, With the character of Aang, of course, M. Night Shyamalan made a terrible live-action adaptation of the first season. It's horrible. Um, But yeah, the the original cartoon series is great. Uh, Essentially, the Dragon Prince is a lot like that. It's about these, I guess you'd call them teenagers, one of them's a little kid, who go on a trip, an adventure, to bring a dragon egg from the human kingdom to the elf and dragon kingdom of Zadia Uh, it's an egg that was presumed destroyed which has caused all this tension between the two kingdoms and has caused assassination attempts and war Uh, and it was discovered that the egg still is existing so the two princes and the two human princes and uh, Rayla who is a elf, a moon elf decide to take this egg to Zadia in order to kind of ...finally bring peace to the land. Um, That's really all that happens in the series is, so far anyway, has been their journey from the setup of what I just told you... ...in the first couple episodes to the last episode, which had a cliffhanger, was them... uh, ...that whole time has been them bringing the dragon dragon egg to Zadia to stop the war. Um, And the show does kind of move a little slowly... But it does have all these like mini adventures along the way and it gets you to really care about all the characters, heroes and villains. Uh, it does a good job of kind of um and getting you to invest in their arcs as opposed to the overarching story. Uh so all that stuff is really good. I do enjoy the series quite a bit. Uh again, I think all the characters are easy to identify with. Uh, something I will say that Is a big distraction for the series Is the animation style It's like It's computer animated It's like 3D animated But um, It's like self-shaded So that it looks like hand-drawn animation But it's very distracting Because you can tell it's not hand-drawn And it's like super choppy It's like the frame rate is low Or They just decided not to animate that many frames Or I don't know what it is But it just It's super distracting and It doesn't it just kind of the characters move like robots, but they're not, but not in a way to where that's an intention of the style. It's just a byproduct of it. Um, but I mean, outside of that, again, it is uh, it's a it's an interesting show. I do enjoy it quite a lot, even if it's not paced particularly well. Um, all those little mini adventures keep you going along the way, and of course the characters keep you invested as well. So it's a show that I would definitely recommend to anybody who's a fan of the original Avatar The Last Airbender. I think it's better than Legend of Korra. Of course, I only got through like two seasons of Legend of Korra. I couldn't really stick with it. Um, But it's not, of course, it's still not as good as that original Avatar The Last Airbender, which maybe we'll talk about someday. Uh, I have a couple different ideas of how to approach that show. Um, I've talked to you about some of those, but, uh, you know, maybe in the future we'll talk we'll bring that up we'll talk about it but as far as this show uh, I would definitely recommend it the first two seasons are available right now which is like um, I think there are nine episodes a season so 18 episodes did correct? you just watch it? yeah I can't remember how many episodes I just watched it in a row I've been just lying to me. you guys what do you mean?
1: <laughs> nothing has it been renewed?
0: yeah it's been renewed for a third season but I'm not sure when it's coming out uh, I've been told by this coworker that the first season came out in September, and the second season came out in February. So hopefully the third season comes out right away. So I don't know if it, they're like structuring it differently because it is sort of a kids show. So season
1: one and two was probably one season. And they just broke it up.
0: Yeah, usually they call those like season one A or season two B, or yeah, you know, something like that. But this is uh, they've named it season one and two. It's
1: like television.
0: Sure. Anyway, that is... Oh, I didn't give you a score, did I? My score for the show um, would have to be a low Vincent. We happy?
1: Yeah, we happy.
0: Yeah, go check it out. Get ready to meet Human Rayla! Yeah, I'm not sure that's going to cut it.
1: Just wait. Once I pair my disguise with my perfect human impression, the illusion will be complete. Greetings, fellow humans, human fellas. I sure do like hanging out with other humans and talking about things like money and starting
0: wars. That's pretty good, actually. Totally, my good human friend. Bring it in.
1: High four!
0: Uh, can you impersonate a fifth finger?
1: Right, right. I need some kind
0: of a hand disguise. Hey, guys, you ever see that really old movie, uh, Empire Strikes Back? Jesus, Tony, how old is this guy? I don't know. I didn't carbon date him. He's on the young side. Uh, uh, you know that part? Uh, where they're on the snow planet? Uh, with the walking thingies! Maybe the kid's on to something. Hi now, Tony. Go high. Uh. Alright, guys. Uh, hope you've enjoyed this episode so far. This has been, by the way, the first week back where we have recorded the entire episode together all at once. Since like episode 18. Because when you. We, we pre recorded a bunch and then you left for vacation and we had to. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. It's episode 23. Episode 18 was the last episode that we were together.
1: I uh-huh. know. We've done this for five weeks.
0: Yeah, because 19 was
1: four weeks
0: 19 was Aladdin Mm -hmm. and like we had I sent in you sent me the watch and we recorded the watch by themselves 20 was the watch along 21 was what was 21 I think 22 was Black Mirror 21 was no 21 was Black Mirror 22 22 22 was was Spider-Man yeah so the first one Anyway, that was a bunch of rambling. That was a terrible intro to this. We are doing our first ever... No, not our first ever. Holy cow, this, this is, is terrible. You
1: continuously
0: terrible. <laughs> this is... I'm keeping all this as is because I'm tired of editing. This is our second ever. You lazy bum. I don't see you editing. You're right. Yeah, okay. Who's lazy?
1: I'm going to call you lazy if you're lazy. It doesn't <laughs> I'm gonna mean I'm going to edit it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is our second ever movie swap. We enjoyed the first one quite a lot. Go back and listen to that. Uh, it was Edge of Seventeen versus Snatch. I really enjoyed doing that episode, uh, so we brought it back. Um, this is one of our returning series. I think uh, it was an interesting dynamic to kind of see how one of us views a project and why we like it so much, and how the other person who's never seen it views it. So we're doing that again. So today's movie swap. Noah, you gave me a movie to watch. It's a movie that we've talked about on the podcast several times, but it's the first time I've seen it. So what was that movie?
1: So if you uh, are lifelong movie hunters, you will know that uh, we, I talked about this and I talked about this whole franchise. I don't know, way back when, back in our young days. But the movie that I gave you, because you said you watched the first one. Mm Mm-hmm. Didn't like it, so you quit on the series. Mm-hmm. I gave you Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. You did. So, now that you... Did you watch Rise again? No. Okay.
0: I did not want to. <laughs>
1: All right. Well, so you went in cold on Dawn. hmm What did you think?
0: I liked it. I surprisingly liked it. <laughs>
1: he told me he hated it. <laughs>
0: i liked it uh i liked it a lot um i think it's a huge step up from the first one i was surprised by how much it still connects to the first one uh, it jumps for it a lot in time but it does find ways to connect to the first one no franco um he's in it actually he has a scene in it when um spoilers when uh caesar goes up in the attic and he watches that old video of him. Oh, I couldn't tell if that. I don't. Know I don't the, think
1: that's new. I think that's all.
0: I think it's a deleted scene. Then at least. Probably. Anyway.
1: I, when I saw it, I didn't think of it as something. Sure, reason. sure. Um,
0: but anyway, yeah, it's uh, it's a movie that jumps forward in time quite a bit from the first one, but it still connects to it. It's a completely different director, completely different type Matt of story. Reeves. Yeah, completely new characters. Uh, completely different tone. And I like I liked it a lot. I thought it improved upon the first one in almost every way. I think the story was a lot more mature. I think the direction was a lot better. Uh it has a lot it has great sh- shots, great cinematography. Um some beautiful actually kind of images in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh it has a lot a much more keen eye in this film than the first one. I think Uh, The story is a lot more interesting, the idea that these apes have been kind of living on their own, isolated from humans, not even knowing that humans still existed, and they have their first interaction with humans in years. It's a confrontational interaction, and so it becomes a story where Caesar has to grow to learn how to trust humans again, Uh, and they work together to kind of get the humans electricity so that the humans won't come back up into these hills and leave the apes alone. Uh, and kind of how things devolve and break down from there in in his own community um, and stuff like that so it's a it's a it's a movie that i really enjoyed i don't quite see how for you it was a five out of five i'm not knocking you for rating it what you did and i was almost i'll tell you what i was almost there but there were some choices that happened later on in the movie that, and there there was something that I noticed earlier on in the movie that kind of made me feel think twice about it. And so I don't think I could, in good conscience, give it a, a five. But
1: what were they?
0: So the first thing was the acting. Because
1: I think I went in to spoilers when I talked about it.
0: Yeah, and I'll, I'll touch so. on the spoilers. Um, we did that on our first movie swap, so. First thing was the acting. The apes are great. All the apes are great. Caesar's great. Kobo's great. His son's great. All of them are really good. The the technology at play here, the performance capture, all of that's incredible. You're right. Circus was Should have amazing. have nominated. I don't know. I'd have to go back and see what was nominated that year. But yeah, this I could see this as definitely an Oscar-worthy performance. Um, Gary Ullman? He's really good in it. He's hardly in it at all, that, mm-hmm. which shocked me because he was in a lot of the marketing.
1: Mm-hmm. I think
0: the movie could use a lot more of him because the humans that are featured heavily in this film aren't that good. I didn't think the human actors were very good. And that might be a symptom of the, of the how the movie was made because they're probably interacting with people in green suits so they didn't know how good those performances were. They didn't know... They weren't able to act directly with them. They didn't know what kind of movie they were in, judging by... Especially by the first movie. and That that movie's much lighter kind of Hollywood tone. Um, but, yeah, I didn't think any... Besides Oldman, which he always brings it, I didn't think any of the other human actors were all that good.
1: Hmm. I couldn't... Uh, I mean... I give the I gave this a five, I mean because of all those reasons, and because the whole trilogy is one of my favorite trilogies of all time, too, sure. so uh the fact that that bias is there is probably what pushed it up because I do recognize what you're talking about with with human performances, like the the main human character in that it feels like he does kind of fall flat in some areas, like especially with. His uh, his girlfriend and and
0: yeah, the and, scenes with her yeah. are so stiff.
1: Yeah, and and the sun. but uh, for me, it was easy to look past it.
0: Sure, and of course, like like we were saying, the apes are the star of the show. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I disliked, and this was a much bigger thing for me, was the climax in the movie. I thought was just it like completely. Uh, it went into a different movie altogether. Like the the I loved how this movie built from the tension and them like working with these humans, how small it felt, and then it starts growing bigger when Koba rebels and like there's this lot of tension where the apes are hesitant are hesitant to follow him, but then they start getting more violent because he's getting more violent. Uh, and he turned on Caesar, and Caesar is actually still alive, and he goes to confront him. I loved all of that. But once he gets there, and they have that battle...
1: Yeah, on top of everything... On top of It feels massive, yeah. yeah.
0: on top of an exploding skyscraper. I don't remember seeing the skyscraper up in the movie until this point.
1: It was scaffolding, but...
0: Well, there was scaffolding there, but it looks like it was a built and There was, like, cement yeah. and stuff. Um, at this point, the CG of all the other apes started to not look that good.
1: <laughs> started to run out of money.
0: <laughs> I, I don't know. I think it was just too much. I think... It felt like something where the studio got involved. It was like, this movie needs like a big, clim- climactic change. Yeah. Because the movie didn't really feel like that up until this point. It's not an action movie until that last scene. Like This movie is a much more reserved, yeah, much more subtle story that I very much appreciated. It's a character examination of these two different groups of people learning to uh, understand each other. And the ending becomes a superhero fight. Mm-hmm. The bottom of the building explodes. These guys are duking it out. Throwing hands, uh, there's a dramatic moment where he throws him off the building. I didn't like any of that.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: felt like when he was going to confront him, I thought he was gonna like get the other apes on his side, like show that he still had strength. But it it really became too big for its own good, which is a symptom of a lot of Hollywood movies.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, I will agree that I mean, it, just the set that they use to do that final battle is is huge and and but i think having a final battle like that i think it it built up and it warranted that i i like the ending with what happened with koba hmm. and how they handled that um but you were talking about how it's not an action movie and i believe i mean they list they list this whole trilogy as action adventure and it it i don't think it fits that i think it's leaning a lot more towards i mean you could throw adventure on there
0: uh, I still haven't seen the third one, and you know that may get a lot more action heavy, but yeah, the first one wasn't an action movie uh, it had action moments in it yeah. that were well that were designated by the story again, I'm not a huge fan of that movie, but I understand that it used its action in a way that helped tell the story. this movie same thing, the most violent scene is a scene where the action isn't isn't spectacle. It's like horror, really, because you're seeing it through the eyes of Caesar's son, who realizes suddenly what a horrible mistake he's made, and he's watching all his friends and family.
1: I love that get
0: brutally killed. Yeah, it's I like, love
1: the conflict with Caesar's son in this movie. That's probably my favorite conflict in the whole film.
0: It felt like um, it kind of harkened to Saving Private Ryan in the opening mm-hmm. scene of that, where it's just like it's not portrayed as something glamorous. It's horrible and terrifying. And that's like the only other big action part and yeah. scene in this movie. And that that scene I loved, but the scene between Caesar and Kova just really felt like it was from a completely different film.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I get that. I think it's interesting that you compare it with Private Ryan, that D-Day scene, because that's my favorite scene in any movie ever. Sure. But I that... That one conflict with with Caesar's son. I, I mean, that actor. I think he plays it so well. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's insane how how well they get you to connect with CG apes. Right. And I mean, from them and the CG on them when when they're trying, like you said, it kind of falls off. But the CG is amazing. Like I mean, at the very beginning of the film, they're close up on Caesar's face, mm-hmm. and you're like. That's that's a freaking ape. That's a real ape. So I I get what you're saying, where it 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 builds great, but at the you know at the end it feels too big. It feels too like too much risk. But to me, I don't know. I was able to look past it, and I think we talked about this last movie swap. Um, And I I can I guarantee we'll probably continue to talk about it. But yeah, I mean you can like a film flaws and all but uh sure. i mean i can still acknowledge the flaws and still love the movie so.
0: sure for me uh those those things detract from the overall feeling I had about the movie but it's still a, a great film i'd highly recommend it um if you are like me and you didn't like the first one give the second one a try because while it does continue the story and it does harken to the first one uh you don't need to have seen the first one the second one is so much better it's so much better than the first one in every regard uh i know what you'd give it i would still give it a high vincent we happy um but it doesn't quite break that barrier because of the problems i had with it i mean this movie was like i thought it was phenomenal in, in ways that i didn't think a movie like this could be and in portions like it moved me and like it had me captivated and on the edge of my seat so yeah i would highly recommend it but just those those two aspects, the, the acting of the humans outside of Gary Oldman and the ending, the climax, which kind of dropped the ball, I felt like, um, hold it back from being in that top tier of films.
1: Mm-hmm. That makes me really happy that uh, <laughs> you turned. Now you got to watch War.
0: Yeah, I'll watch it. I'll watch it. I still have your Blu-rays borrowed, so I'm definitely going to watch War. Um, but as far as what I gave you... The movie I assigned to you was a film that I, I enjoyed a lot when I first saw it. and kind of changed my perspective on the two actors to a great degree. I think it's one of the, the best performances for both those guys. Of course, the movie I'm talking about is the Tom Cruise, Jamie Foxx film, Collateral. And the reason I thought about this movie to give to you was because of all the marketing, and I told you this, for Stuber. Mm-hmm. And that new Dave Bautista Kumail Nanjiani film that's coming out, which is practically just a comedic version of this movie.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But what did you think of Collateral?
1: I uh, looks like we got two winners on uh, on Movie Swap here because mm-hmm. I really I really enjoyed this this movie as as well. Um, if you don't know what it is, it's it's basically it's it's in a shell. It's a hitman film, but it's a lot more than that. It goes a lot deeper. It, basically, Jamie Foxx is, is a cab driver who has bigger aspirations for what he wants to do with his life. But he, he's great at his job. He, he he tries to connect with the people he's giving rides to when they're connectable. <laughs> um, but he he ends up meeting this this um, girl who is Will Smith's wife, Jada Pinkett, Jada Pinkett Smith. Pinkett Smith. Um, and starts to kinda of flirt with her, you think, Oh, they're setting up a relationship here and and turns out she's a attorney, um, in this big big case that we don't really know much about until he until he drops her off, he goes on with his night shift and he picks up Tom Cruise, who we later find out's a hitman because he hires him to drive him overnight pays him six hundred bucks or something like that. And then the first stop, he goes up and he gets his first subject, and the subject falls on the cab and <laughs> breaks the windshield, breaks off a piece of the little taxi thing on the top, and um, basically we're off. And at this point, uh, Jamie Foxx's character is stuck, and he has to drive with them, and. I mean even just the synopsis I read the synopsis before I watched the film and, and reading that I was very intrigued um of you know a guy trapped in a situation where he has to drive for this killer mm-hmm. like what's he going to do and I think they do a lot they do a lot more with that in in this movie because I think they handle that very well with the way he makes decisions and 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 I mean Jamie Foxx's performance is amazing um, the 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 performance he gives when when he's in situations like that is is right up there with Tom Cruise Tom Cruise's performance as this basically sociopath that we're um, expected to believe he is. But even on the other end, um, the movie presents kind of this psychological battle with, I, I guess you could say, the meaning of life to Tom Cruise. He, he, there there's a line in here that kind of talks about how there there's 6 billion people um in in this earth and and he he talks about how he offs this guy um in the first one and he was talking about, well, I mean, did you know who he was? I mean, did I mean you had no connections to him I mean, people overseas like the Rwandan genocide I mean all that you didn't have any connections to him you didn't think anything of it mm-hmm. and he kind of presents this thing as like I mean if 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 people you know if we don't know each other and we're and we don't have relationships with each other then we're what's wrong with with killing people because he sees this as just a job and i guess i mean you could take it more than just what's wrong with killing people but like what's the point with really anything um it kind of presents the viewpoint that we're we're just here uh to live a life and tom cruise's his his philosophy is he's gonna off anyone who wants to take that life away from him no matter what he has to do um and 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 Jimmy, it, it plays well off Jamie Fox's character because he has this—he has this vision for himself that that he wants to start this this whole limousine company. He has this dream, um, and he he has all this connection. We see the connection he has with his mom when she's in the hospital, and 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 all that that stuff very well. I think it just plays it. The chemistry is amazing um the other stars as I said Jada Pinkett Smith's in this and she's not in it much but I think she she she's praised in this from what I've seen with reviews and stuff she's praised in this and I think that's very well deserved even though the the short time that she's she's in it and Mark Ruffalo actually in this too and it's the same thing with him I think you know, he's not in this a lot
0: did he surprise you when he showed up yeah
1: he, he really did um but he's not in there a lot, but I think he he did he he played his role great as uh the detective or cop cop that he was yeah. so i uh man i really i really enjoyed this film I really want to go back and watch it again but
0: yeah it, it's it's a movie that when I originally saw it like i said was something where I wasn't expecting much uh i think mom and dad are, had bought the d v d and I just decided to watch it one day when I was home by myself. Um, i just bored. And my exposure to kind of Jamie Foxx's acting ability, of course, he's been in lots of stuff where he's kind of taken on more comedic roles where you can kind of see his range, but before this was Ray. What year did this come out? I don't remember off the top of my head. I'd have to look at it. But Ray came out, um, and I saw Ray first. And I really like Ray, and I still like Ray, even though I think there's some pacing problems with that movie. But um, it's it's basically he's doing an impression the entire film. What can he do as an actor to kind of create a new character, a not not a likable character, kind of not a charismatic character, but somebody you can identify with? And then on the flip side of that, Tom Cruise, who's always the star the action hero the good guy the funny guy the cool guy in this he is just diabolical he's a villain he's evil and yet he does a good job of betraying evil and then you can see in his performance uh does he have second thoughts about some of the things he does does he actually start to grow to care for jamie fox's character in this uh, and then Jamie Foxx learning to kind of grow outside of his shell and uh, kind of Vincent kind of wakes him up from his spot in life and um, the conflict that ultimately grows between them. Uh, it's a film that surprised the heck out of me. It's a Michael Mann directed movie, I think. And the other thing I really enjoy about it that you didn't touch on was uh, its depiction of LA. It's a depiction of L.A. I was going to say. I've never seen like this before where it's at nighttime in the downtown district. Usually you see L.A. in broad daylight. Uh, You see Hollywood. You see uh, Compton. You see these parts of it. You never really see kind of this this hypnotic nighttime, um, calm, serene version of L.A. that is a great contrast to kind of the shocking displays of violence that go on in this movie. And I think it's an incredibly interesting and unique take that I haven't that I didn't see before and I really haven't seen since Um kind of really portions of this movie that are hypnotic uh, and mesmerizing in just their simplicity of just a taxi cab driving through a city. Mm-hmm. Uh so it's a movie that I really really enjoy. Uh good to hear that you enjoy it as yeah. well.
1: Yeah, like like you're saying the look of this movie is is really unique, and I mean, I typically hate grain.
0: Oh, there was so much. There's grain There's so much this. grain in this, but I didn't I loved remember it. that much. Did you really? Yeah.
1: Hmm. Um, I it's like Jason Statham makes a cameo in here too. Yeah, he's in but, there for
0: like two seconds.
1: <laughs> but I, the the look of this movie, like you said, it's it's basically all. I mean, the story takes place basically all at night. It's all this this guy's one shift. Um, the whole night and the the way it, it portrays LA is, is just, it, it's so bluish and, and, and like glossy um, and so dark and empty kind of. Yeah. And I thought it was, it it added so much more to the story cause it, it allowed you to just zone in on, on the characters Mm -hmm. rather than get up, get caught up in everything going on in LA. Um, that it typically usually does, but yeah i thought I thought this this looked amazing mm. and and you you were kind of talking about um later on in the movie how Tom Cruise goes, and you know you see traces of like um like uh remorse after yeah. some of the hits that he does, and so even though he he lives with this philosophy and stuff I mean. And like you're saying with Jamie Foxx, it, it starts because they're playing off of each other, you see them uh start to kinda understand the other person's point of view. Um but yeah, I uh I, I thought the, the some of the shots in here are, are really really memorable and, and they're it doesn't it doesn't feel I will say there are some characters like the other, um, FBI agents that they throw in there. Uh Uh-huh. Um, it feels like it would have, I would have liked it better had it just been, like, Mark Ruffalo. Sure. Um, they, they kind of put him to the backside and, and bring in this other guy. I would have liked it a lot better if it was just Mark Ruffalo chasing the guy. Sure. Um,
0: I do like how Ruffalo is used in this, though. Yeah. He's like set up as a way to kind of uh, show what's going on outside of this, just these two guys, and how it's viewed elsewhere. And then as soon as the movie goes into its yeah. climax, he's gone.
1: He's, yeah. Like, they kill him off. I mean, and that was really, really surprising because yeah. I was thinking, oh, because they're they're basically they're in the middle of the nightclub. Which this is the most crowded part of the whole movie, but they are in the middle of a nightclub and and they're trying to make a hit on this on this this guy and basically the plan goes awry um people start shooting the place shooting the place up trying to get trying to get to to Vincent, who at the time they think is um Jamie Foxx but however, Mark Ruffalo knows that something's fishy going on, he grabs Jamie Foxx and they escape, and I'm thinking, all right. So now is the rest of the movie going to be Vincent chasing down Ruffalo and and Jamie? But and no, it, it was really surprising. They killed him off, and the rest of the movie it's it's just those two, um, and then Jada comes in at the end for 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 the finale. But I thought I thought the finale was really great. I mean, you thought Don fell short, but this this movie finale was really great. Um, the the, the the phone from from the moment he the phone call they get to the building and he's on the parking garage from that until the very end it you're so engaged um the whole movie's paced well on this this whole and this this finale is um no different you're you're on the edge of your seat you don't know what happens because i mean the whole time you've been thrown for a loop in different decisions i mean i thought that as soon as the phone died, I thought they were actually gonna have them make the hit on her um but spoilers if we don't want to listen listen to this they they don't um uh, they get away in a really cool sequence they get on the subway and I will say i'll pro- I'll have to go back and watch it again, but they they're at the station and there's a downstairs subway and uh-huh. an upstairs subway yep, and I think. I remember Jamie and Jada going downstairs when they got to that. And Tom Cruise went straight to the upstairs subway. But the next scene, they were on the same subway. Uh, I don't know if I saw something different or if that's a real continuity error. I
0: don't remember them going downstairs.
1: But I remember them going downstairs and, like, hiding around the corner. And then you see the subway start to come. Regardless, that's a little nitpick. Yeah. Um, But...
0: The one part I didn't like at the very, very end when they're... Because I liked... Everything leading up to it with the the chase sequence and mm-hmm. kind of cruise them playing the cat and mouse game. Uh, the one part I didn't like is when they just kind of shoot at each other at the very very end. And yeah, he ends up killing Vincent because it's it's a little unbelievable up yeah. to that point in the movie.
1: I mean, this guy's a freaking
0: yeah. You see the whole movie, two shots in the chest, two shots one in, the
1: head. in the chest, one in the head.
0: And it, it, granted, he was shot earlier in the film, but like leading from that point on, he's like running like Tom Cruise and everything. So it doesn't seem like he's lost his faculties. It just that's, I mean, that's a little tiny minor yeah. nitpick, but that's just something I noticed. Yeah.
1: Um, but, I mean, the whole, the the dialogue in this movie is, is great too. I mean, every, every word is, it feels, it felt like a Tarantino dialogue. Maybe not as le, uh, Tarantino's level. Sure. But I can listen to Tarantino write dialogue all day. Uh-huh. And I had no problem listening to this movie all day, and 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 I mean, there's the sequence before he crashes the car, the dialogue that they're having in the car while he's speeding, yeah, is probably my favorite moment of the whole movie. Um, but I would, I, the one last thing I'll say that I didn't like is that at the very end, I mean, you don't see what happens with, uh, and and I know this is intentional. But this is just me Wanting to see What would What happens to um, Jamie Foxx's character Because I mean, you, you know he's got to be arrested um,
0: Who Or uh, Jamie Foxx's character Max yeah, Max, Max Yeah That he has to be arrested
1: Yeah I mean for one I know they'd probably be able to Clear up the whole thing with Yeah Because Jada Witnessed with, Yeah But I mean he still Assaulted that one guy To
0: get away Which guy
1: when he crashed the car, Vincent ran oh, off. Oh, the cop! Yeah,
0: yeah, sure, sure.
1: So, and and I like the ending they gave Vincent. Um, how they gave the callback back to the yeah. story, yeah. where he he talks about how he heard that a guy died on the subway and it was going around for hours before someone knew,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and he makes a callback. Those are his last words. I thought it was very poetic. Um, the whole movie when it was being tied together felt really poetic and. Uh, and, and I really, I really enjoyed it. Surprisingly, I watched, I I read the synopsis and I said I like the synopsis, and then I went to watch the trailer, and I wasn't really into it sure. because of the dark, gloomy feel. Sure. But I would definitely recommend this, and if I would score it, I definitely I would give it a high, Vincent. Yeah. Um, not a five because of the the reasons um I alluded alluded to, but
0: I mean, what, what more fitting score for Max and Vincent than a Hi Vincent. Yeah. And man. I would I would give it the same thing. It doesn't quite cross the threshold. This one doesn't really I don't really have the problems that I did with Dawn. But yeah. it, I think I think it's really good throughout the whole thing, whereas I think Dawn hits really, really high highs and some lows. So whereas this one's more evenly. It's like really when you average
1: a six and a four right, and right, two right, fives. Right,
0: right, right. Yeah. So I I'm right there with you, I'd give it a high a high Vincent. So Well, that is our second-ever movie swap, and I really enjoyed this. I think this one went even as good as or if not better than the first one. But uh, glad you guys can tune in with us. Uh, We want to make sure that you like, comment, subscribe, review on the platform of your choice. We are on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, Spotify, Overcast, Podbean, Anchor. You know, we're everywhere. So until next time, guys, thanks for listening, and make sure you always – Come movie hat with us. Bloop. So. Yeah? <laughs> Jason. Yeah? What's your... Mm.
1: Ben. Watch it.
0: <laughs> I've been watching the Netflix original series. <laughs> and, uh, it's had two seasons so far. God dang it. <laughs> Stop. It. <laughs> we gotta get through. We're almost out of time.